Hey, good evening, Facebook, YouTube, and Periscope, as well as our other streaming channels. And I must say that um, I just did a show prior to this, and I am pumped up from that show. That was a great, great chat with Dr. Uh, Kalisha Harris-Morgan. Her energy is definitely contagious. Yes. And um, now we uh, go to our regular Thursday show at the 9 o'clock hour with uh, author uh, extraordinaire Julia Dozier. <laughs> uh, what, what episode are we doing, Crown Rules? This episode three already? Yes, it's episode three already. Yes, episode, it is. Episode three for our returning uh, people in the chat. And as usual, we discuss Crown Rules uh, book one. Because Crown Rules 2, book two, is the men's book, and we call this the, the, the little girl. Um, it's a woman's journey to the throne. Yeah. Um, I tell you, how was your week, Jules? My week has been amazing. It's been very productive. Hi, T. Lachelle. Good evening. It's been um, very productive. Um, we had on uh, Crown Rules 2, when we were doing that show, we had a raffle. And hi, Nicole, and one of our viewers, Toy Kelly, won the raffle, which was two books, Crown one, uh, Crown Rules 1 and Crown Rules 2. And she, um, she uh, posted a video showing the books, highlighting the books, and, you know, that generated more interest. So I'm so grateful to her for that. So it's just been an amazing, amazing week. I mean, one of the one of the things that we um, we always discuss is that you never want to put a cap or a limit on your reach. Yes, um, and you always just want to want to try to always churn the wheel. I don't know if anybody ever made ice cream mm -hmm. uh, by hand. You have to continue to churn, as they say, mm -hmm. and you you always want to do that and don't limit yourself. Don't be overbearing to some, but don't limit yourself with what what your capabilities are and. You know, um, I got my copy, my second, my copy of the second edition, and I do think that um, from looking at the editions of the book, uh, yeah. I can see the change in how you designed the second book compared to the first book. I think it's a, it's a lot thicker than I expected. <laughs> uh, so I know that we we will discuss some things. So last week was episode two, but it was considered chapter one. Last week we went over your gift. Yes. Well, what you discovered in your journey and you're trying to get everybody to understand, or maybe maybe everybody may not understand, is that your gift is you. Yes. Your gift yes. is you. Um, it's not a quality. It's a gift. Your gift to the world is you. Yes, um, it is. So proceeding to episode three of Crown Rules, we're going to go over straight up, right up, priorities. <laughs> priorities. And... Uh, as they say, establishing positive self-esteem can take a lifetime to build. Making the decision to love yourself can happen in an instant. It is a decision that you will need to make over and over again. Crown yeah. rules. Crown rules. That is the quote for the introduction to this chapter, which is chapter two in the book, which discusses priorities. And... One of the things that I learned on my journey is that um, sometimes we are always in a position where we're trying to catch up, right? And we have so many different things that we're focusing on at the same time. And it feels like we're juggling many balls. And in the process of juggling all of those balls, there might be that one thing that comes up that requires our attention um, more than the others. And then we tend to drop those balls, right? And one of the things that I noticed in the course of my journey that there was a period of time where I was just trying to be everything to everybody. Mm. And I really didn't have a sense of what my priorities were. And one of the things that I remember during that time is hearing Ayala Van Zandt say, call a thing a thing. Mm. And so I had to call the things um, that were important in my life into being. And that's where I was able to identify what my priorities were. 
And I think it's important for all of us to kind of understand what our priorities are. Um, we have, um, I've outlined some things in the book that might be your priorities. You might have different priorities, but whatever it is that you need to focus on, call that thing a thing. Call it into existence so that you can focus on it and that you don't feel like you're pulled in so many different directions because you know what you're focusing on. Call a, call a thing a thing. Call a thing a thing. So, so discussing that, you have named it the seven fundamental areas of freedom. Freedom, yes. freedom is when you when you talk about priorities. Let's let's get let me backtrack because I had a question I want to ask you about the priorities. Sure. So so in 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 your your rediscovering journey, did you did you you said you one of the things you were trying to be everything for everybody. Do you think that's like a gift and a curse? I think it's a gift, a curse, and an expectation. Okay. I think it's a gift, a curse, and an expectation. I think it's a gift because we do have the ability to muster up the strength and the power and the intelligence to handle so many different things at one time. I think it's a curse. It can be considered a curse because as we will discuss tonight, let's say, for example, your one of your priorities is your family. Well, if you have your finance, which is like, as I refer to it, your work, sometimes those things can compete. Um, and your family may not know what your responsibilities or requirements are at work and work may not know what your responsibilities or requirements with are with your family. But when you show up, you show up in both of those places, you try to at 100 percent and it's not possible all of the time. And so that's where it can be a curse because it becomes a stress on you. Mm. But then there's also that expectation that we be everything to everybody. And then and then a lot of people can continue to, as we would say, use you in a way you thin. And then, then all of a sudden, they don't, you don't want to be that expectation no more. No, I can't. You know, I think, as we discussed in the previous episode, Tay Nicole, a gift, a curse, and an expectation. That's right. Um as we were discussing in a previous episode, part of the reason why I wrote the book was because I was journaling and trying to understand more deeply what was going on with me. And I had a, a car accident back in 2016. Hope, thank goodness no one was hurt, but I was exhausted. I was exhausted on that day. And I was exhausted because I was trying to meet commitments for everybody else and didn't take the time that I needed to tend to myself. I had not made myself a priority. Mm. And that's how it it um, it manifested. And, it, and the accident actually taught me that it was time for me to slow down. Well, let me let me ask you when you when you speak about being um, exhausted, a lot of times people think that it's physical. What well, was it, physical and mental, or both? It was a combination of physical exhaustion because I wasn't getting proper rest. My favorite quote: "Your emergency is not my priority. Does not require. Does not. Nor does it require my urgency." Absolutely, boundaries are so important. And I think, you know, sometimes we have to be empowered to say no. I never forget one of my um, friend's mothers said to me, um, no is a complete sentence. You know, <laughs> no is a complete sentence. Did she say it with attitude? She did say it with an attitude because I think in the, in the, in the situation that we were in, someone was asking me for something and I had told them no. And they were kind of like pushing or for a reason or trying to push me to get to a yes. And she just kind of stepped in and she said no is a complete sentence. Like you don't need to have, you don't need to explain your reasoning for saying no. 
And as T. Lachelle, um, yeah, no means no. And as T. Lachelle said, your urgency is not is not my urgency, you know. Mm. And sometimes I think we feel that if we if we do say no, that the person won't be able to complete whatever it is they want to complete or do whatever they want to do. My position is people always find a way to get done what they need to get done. So if you have to say no, you say no. So going into priorities, here we have your seven areas of freedom. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's the um, second chapter in the book. And so in the process of calling a thing a thing, what I share with the reader are some of the ideas or some of the aspects of life that I had identified as um, various priorities for me. As I said, it could be different for everyone, but the important thing is to call the thing a thing and to look at um, what it is that you are managing in your life. And when you have focus on those things, you can determine what your balance is in handling those things so you don't stretch yourself thin. And I think the reason why it's important is because these areas of our lives are the areas that we have the most control over, that we plan over the most, that we pray over the most. If we handle them well, they'll bring us peace and they'll bring us happiness and, and joy and hope. And if we can't, they can bring a disappointment, fear and worry. So they're important to pay attention to. Yeah, I know that one of the, one of the things that will come up shortly the first aspect to give the seven fundamental areas of freedom is family. Yes. And you, you just said, you described that by saying family is our network of connection to the history of our beginning. And I think that a lot of times people think that family means relative. Right. And, and we need to understand that those are two different, completely think two different complete things. And then you said it is the foundation of our character. It solidifies our approach to life our beliefs, our customs, our attitudes, our pains, our struggles, our addictions, our tenacity, and our power. It is the template for love, how it is earned, how it is reciprocated, how it is honored, and how it is how it dissolves. Absolutely. Absolutely. Go into details about, about that. What what made you realize that you know this is the definition of, of what I believe family is? Well, I looked at, I looked at, you know, my family and my relatives, <laughs> as you said, and I understood that the the customs, the the morals, the norms, the the ways of thinking, the ways of needing to show up for someone, how we support each other, how we love each other. That's all rooted. That was all rooted in my family. Mm. And so understanding that, I thought it was important to kind of think about what ways is my family helping my family, supporting my family, being there for my family, a priority for me. Mm. So those in the chat, Julia said family was first and finance was second. What we we well friends come second. I think we skipped a part. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> well, friends friends come second. So those in the chat, the first two aspects that Julia uh described in the seven foundations is friends, family, family, family and friends. And so friends. we we asked those in the chat on your journey, because we're all taking this journey together with this book. Yes. On your journey. What do you think is um would be your first of the priorities of or your foundation of your priorities? Some of us may say the creator. Some of us may say um, self. So we ask those in the chat like to 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 be involved. We don't. This is a, a basically a virtual book club, but it's all mm -hmm. hands on deck. Um, mm -hmm. So we ask those in the chat to participate and tell us what what would be their first two because I went to the third one, which was finance that Julia discovered on her journey. What would be the first two for you guys? I, you know, you know, it's interesting, Julia. I would probably say that when you discussed the, the work family balance, that's always a tricky situation. You always hear a lot of people say, you know, 
if, if I get a if I get a guy that's always home, that means he's not working trying to be a provider. And you always in that is the the juggling of um of a balance of having a balance, knowing that at the end of the day, <clears throat> if you have a job and you work for somebody, you're replaceable like that. So a lot of times we'll put a lot of energy, effort, and a little too much time without any balance into our job. Exactly. And it will it will start affecting your family life, and then your family will basically tell you you're you're married to to your job. It can also affect your God first above anything else. Absolutely, and so God is number one. Absolutely, and so. I lay them out and then at the end of the chapter, you're able to outline what's what's first, what's first priority, what's first priority for you. But I want to challenge our um our guest in the chat. A lot of people say God is first. However, it's your vessel, it's your being that worships God. Right? So in terms of priority. You have to be in a position to be ordered to in order to be able to worship and to and to praise and to and rely upon him and you know those kinds of things. So taking care of yourself impacts how you're able to manage your faith. Did I just hear a train going through? Yeah, okay. So let me just say <laughs> I had I did not know I had the heat on today. <laughs> it's almost 65 degrees outside. It's burning up in here. So I had to open the window. So you might hear crickets, a train. Somebody might drive by playing Biggie. <laughs> yeah, because I, I I could tell from your microphone I got like a wind, a wind in the okay. background. It's okay. like a breeze. That was your fan on? No, that's the window. <laughs> oh, that, I could tell from the from the wind. But then but then what's crazy is that when I heard the train, you know, I have a I have a real distinct ear for trains. Uh something something Sorry about, about trains. It's it's not as crazy as last week when I had the guy laying on the horn. He just was going crazy. I mean, usually you don't even hear you don't even hear my neighbors, but I heard that horn, and he was laying on it real heavy. Um, right. Sorry about that. Because sometimes we have these microphones that pick up everything. But yes. but I but I, it's interesting that you you spoke about and you and you said you were challenging the people that say God is because sometimes. And it's really where, like I told, like I always speak about when people speak about God or the creator, um, basically it's their personal relationship that they have with God or the creator. So I always say to myself, like, you know, in in into in agreement with what you said, like the creator is sufficient. Like, he good. He good. Like, he don't need me. And, and I think that a lot of times where we sometimes get caught up in thinking that we're doing, we're doing us, a dis, we're doing a, a, by worshiping God or believing in God, we're doing God a service, mm. so to say, if that's, if, if that's what you believe in, you know, if you, you don't believe in organized religion or if you just may be spiritual, sometimes we think that we're doing the creator a service by worshiping him. So I always think that when you when I looked at the foundations of your book, the freedom is I probably would have put self first, me myself out because because I would have felt like you know, in order for me to be right, in order for me to be totally um, transparent, in order for me to be there for everybody, there for my job, there for my family, there for my friends, that I have to be right. With me, um, as they say, how you gonna win when you ain't right within? What Laura Hill say? Exactly, and I think that's you know that's the 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 brilliant point. You have to take care of you first. I think that's the brilliant point that you make, Quentin, which is what I understood in taking that journey. That all of those other things, the family, the friends the finance, even thoughts about my future or what I planned for my future was really based on how I took care of me and how I focused on me and how I made sure 
that I was in a good position to take care of all of those things. And then kind of like looking at them and saying, okay, in order for me to be okay, I need to have balance. So let me understand what the things are that I need to pay attention to or that are important to me. And let me add priority to them so I know how much energy to give to them because I need to save some for me. Yeah. Well, and that was funny because that was one of the discussions that we had earlier during the week was realizing that we're that the human being is a very flawed creature. And when 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 you realize that and you you can accept that you're flawed and knowing okay, I'm flawed. I'm I got all types of stuff going on in my head. My my actions is, may not be perfect. They may not coincide with my values and my beliefs. I may be doing some jacked up stuff. Now I can accept other people with their flaws and, and, and be able to, as they say, meet people where they're at. So the third, the third thing you said was finance. Finance. Absolutely. Finance, as I as I envisioned it, is whatever you do in order to to earn your money. It encompasses like your skills, your knowledge, your job, um, your service to the community. It even includes in the book. I'm very inclusive. I, I also include people who are receiving public assistance because that's still part of finance. And the thing is that focusing on that as a priority. Where are you at today? Are you able to sustain the lifestyle that you want? If you're not, what do you need to do to sustain it moving forward? And then looking at making, if it's a priority for you, understanding what you need to do to get there and then balancing that with everything else. Just for those in the chat and those that's following along in the book, we, we kind of skipped because the third thing was fidelity, but finance was the um, the thing that we had up on the screen. So this is why we went to that. So we, we're going to get to fidelity next. Yeah, I think that this is this is where it goes back to. I mean, most people, if you ask most people what makes them happy, they'll say, you know, I just want to be content. You know, have a good job or their own business and have a good place to live. Then the expectation comes where if they're with someone else, or their kids, they want more for their kids or more for more for the person they're with than they want for themselves. It's it's a very interesting thing because that's where, like I said, if you're the head of the household, with and a lot of times women can be the head of the household, particularly because she may make more money than her mate. This is where the balance comes in, at where balancing that lifestyle, balancing being the parent balancing being a breadwinner um it's it's always it's it's always remarkable and we go back to the strength of women mm. and, a, and a woman could sometimes show that she has all this strength and she could never really as we say lay her hair down and be weak when when could she show that she's not always strong all the time she doesn't you know she needs to vent she needs to just cry and cuddle and somebody to, to, to take care of her. So that's an interesting thing about the finance. Yeah, I mean, all you see, all you see today, I mean, particularly at at that time, it wasn't so prevalent. But I think now, especially since we're we're looking at social media, there the number of entrepreneurs has has increased maybe triple fold. Um, since the book was published and you always see people talking about go hard, go hard. Like if you're not, if you're not putting in a hundred hours a week, then you really don't want it. And, you know, yes, you have to be diligent. Yes. You have to be focused. Yes. You have to have your strategies in place, but you also have to rest. You also have to give yourself time for those creative ideas to come in. That'll push you a little bit further than where you are. Can't always go hard all of the time. And I think sometimes, you know, you were talking about earlier, people have expectations that you can go hard all the time. No. Today I mean, is I mean, day. I mean that's that's the funny thing about um when we look at what we would consider successful people, mm. is that people people always ask them, and this is something me and you always discuss, people always ask them, 
how'd you get successful? So some of them may say a uh, uh, hundred hours a week. Some of them may say always pushing. Some of them may say I just met the right person at the right time. But 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 the the, the actuality to it is the journey. I mean the journey, the journey, and the consistency of the journey, because you could do it. You know, we we know stories like upon stories where somebody just thought of an idea, and it got jumped on from the door, and they were successful, just like a, a overnight success. Right. You know, people be like, "Oh, it ain't no overnight success." Well, some of it is an overnight success. Mm. We, we just have to learn to be able to have that balance, like you know, going hard. And uh, some people may feel like, "Oh." You, you go too hard. You got to take care of your health and, and, and so forth and so on. And so enjoy, enjoy the journey. So, so skipping around, which is interesting. We could talk about fidelity in one second, but jumping on here in the thing, it says faith, our belief. Yes. It, it involves our connection to a source. It is the doctrine of philosophy which informs our lifestyle and decisions we make. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, what that brings, what that requires of us sometimes, depending on if it's organized religion, is that we follow certain norms or certain customs or certain values. Right. And it's, it's important to understand how that plays into all of the other aspects of your life and all of the other things that you need to you know, pay attention to. Sometimes, you know, especially with organized religion, I, I remember one time um, in New York going to church, it was like Tuesday night prayer, Wednesday night Bible study, Saturday committee meeting, <laughs> Sunday church, right? <laughs> and you know, I wanted to to be active in all of those things. However, I also had these other aspects of my life that I needed to focus on. And so trying to find a balance and not feel guilty about not being able to participate in all of those things was critically important. And so for me, I think to what Nicole and Joelle were saying, <laughs> you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> Seven five seven. <laughs> <sighs> um, yeah, it's been it's been live over here today. <laughs> um so you know, I think what Nicole and Joelle were referring to is kind of like if you are a spiritual person or you are a person of faith. Throughout the course of your day, your focus on every and every task, everything that you're doing is is connected to that source. It's like prepare me to go into into this room or help me to be soothed in this moment. So, you know, just finding a balance. But it is important, you know, and how do you how do you how do you worship? How do you serve? How do you? We so it's, those are those are four we discussed. The next three that we we we're going to discuss is fidelity, fitness, and future. Mm -hmm. Um, what made you think of what made you come up with all of these things? Start with the letter F. My brain is <laughs> my brain re requires organization, and I need mm -hmm. to be able to easily identify things. And so when I started looking at those different aspects, I think what I was focusing on at the time was like my family, my friends and my finance. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. There's also, you know, okay. my faith. That's how that came about. So let's let's discuss fitness. Yes. Your health, your mental health, your emotional health, your physical health. Yeah, I think That's that I, I, think, <laughs> I, I think that the, like and and it goes back to the balance. I mean, a lot of times may not a lot of times most of us may not take um, time for our mental health, time to unwind. Um, you had a you had a rough day at work. You come home and you just write in home and just uh, uh, everything in the house is bothering you. The, the toilet paper was put on wrong. It's over instead of it's over instead of under. So mm -hmm. now every, everything is bothering you at home. 
instead of you taking that time, maybe sitting in the car when you get off work and just unwinding or sitting on your porch and just saying, all right, let me debrief, as they say when you in this in the service, let me, you know, let's have a debriefing and get all that gook out my head and and restart and re and reemerge and, and now I'm at home and, and get that together. I think that's important um, because you see that a lot of people bring their work life home or they'll bring their home life to work. And don't nobody want to hear that? Definitely at work. Nobody wants to hear anything about what you got going on at home. No, no. I, um, I, start, I started making a practice of allowing myself to transition from one, from one aspect of life to another. So driving to work, when we had to drive to work, I drive to work, I listen to my music, but I made sure I had like five minutes or more, five to 15 minutes to sit in the car and just censor and focus and leave whatever else was going on behind me and prepare to do that for the day. And then coming home from work, listen to my music and give myself like 10 to 15 minutes in the car to just de-stress de before before going into my home. So I don't feel like I'm just a continuum all day long, that there's a break in between. Yeah, I was going through that with what I told you about the mental going to work. I was I was working 20 minutes away from my house. I would listen to my Bloomberg news in the morning. But now I work an hour and 14 minutes away from my house. And I was going through it like, you know, I had no phone service. And then I just said, let me mess with this radio and realize that the company vehicle got satellite radio. I said, oh, no, I'm good now. Right. I don't know how long this free trial going to last, but I'm definitely <laughs> going to wear it out. I mean, so, so it's, it's amazing that when you do establish a routine, as we would say, some people may say God makes a way or the universe makes it easy for you. You got to maintain that routine for your mental health and be able to, 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 to play the mental fitness that you say, and even the physical fitness, uh, taking care of yourself physically, making sure you're in, 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 in good shape. What so exercising. I also talk about like what we listen to, what we read, and you know, we one time we talked about who you follow. Like those messages are placed into your mind all day long. And it's like you we can we can be aware or we can be cognizant of what we're intaking because that's that's food too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we go into fidelity. It says it is the word I use to define love. Excuse me. It is the word I use to define love. It is regarded as the quality or state of being faithful. Fidelity can be found in the choices made concerning your partner, your lover, your confidant, the person you choose to share your heart, mind, body, and life with, i.e., in the long term, in the short term, with one person at a time, or with many at the same time. Interesting. That was interesting. interesting definition. What did you think about it? <laughs> Um, I, th I think I think that 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 we 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 as human beings, some people need that need that need that um that affirmation from different people. Um, it may not be, and we discussed it earlier about discussed this week about the, the flaws and and we got on Mr. Jackson and him being a flawed individual and. Some people, some people feel like he's narcissist, and I think he, I think that he's one of those people that needs to feel needed, need to feel a purpose, and um, you, you, you meet a lot of people like that, that they feel like they have to be pulled in different directions, and everybody wants, wants them for something. It could be emotionally, it could be sexually, it could be spiritually. And then that addiction, that endorphin pops in, and then like you get addicted to that, and that even goes back to that expectation aspect that you talked about. Um, you, you people expect you to be there for them so much, and you're doing it, and it's a gift, but then it'll break you because you never took the maintenance out for yourself. 
not only that, you know, one of the points that I that I aim to get to at the end of the at the end of the chapter is that though fidelity may be a priority for us, I think it's also important for us to look at who we're in intimate relationship with. Because if it's a demanding relationship, I talk about your body, your heart, your soul, your mind, your time, your money. If it's a, de a demanding relationship, then what happens to your other priorities? Because the bottom line is your priorities can only be addressed with the time that you give to them. Mm. So if you're focused, if you're too focused in this intimate relationship, what's happening with the other things that you're accountable to? It's funny because I um I had a past situation and you know is fidelity and relationships are, are, are so complex that you have some people that when things are going on to as we say the controlled chaos, that's when they shine. But then you have some people when things are going on, that type of pressure is no good for them or relationships. I, I know one time I was dealing with someone and she told me like, I can't handle it when things are going on. And to be perfectly honest with you, I brush it to the side. Oh, it ain't nothing. <laughs> but, then, but then it was a bunch of stuff going on and I kind of seen like, I mean, she was jittery. She had a lot going on. And I was like, oh, she did tell me. Right. She couldn't. She couldn't handle with a whole bunch of moving parts with family, job. You know, she could. She she couldn't balance. Right. She didn't know how to use that balance, and and it's an interesting thing that sometimes we don't understand. As we say, as Maya Angelou said, when someone tells you who they are, believe them. Yeah. Believe them. Every relationships relationships can be the most fulfilling, rewarding, beautiful, amazing, precious experience that you can have. But they can also, if it's not the right one, they can also be the most stressful, the most damaging. <laughs> You know, it depends on, you know, who the partner is and, and if they understand who you are and who you told them that, you know, that you are. And if you understand the same of them. And I think the my goal is to make sure that if we have we have focus and we're trying to do the things that we want to accomplish, that we're aware that those intimate relationships are a priority, right? Because we just can't abandon the person that we're in relationship with. But if it's not healthy, what impact does that have on our other priorities? Oh, I, be I believe that when you when you, when you um, went on your journey and you created this, when you talk about, uh, let's just say the seven Fs, the seven Fs of your foundation, your priorities, if one F is in trouble, all the Fs are in trouble, if they're pillars. Yes, they are. They're pillars and they all hold each other up together. So if you're not right, if you're not right with one of them, everything else is being overcompensated. And and you see it, you, you literally see it, how a person, um, we always say when a person goes through relationships, they may let their self go. So now, now the fidelity, no matter what aspect it is, and it ain't got nothing to do with cheating or anything, when that home or that love situation is being compromised, now the fitness, now the health issue is compromised. A lot of times people put their future, now that future is, is being compromised. Their faith is being tested. So now all of, yeah, so now all, don't and we ain't even gonna talk about the finances because they might start unfortunately drinking or drugging and going to the casino, all types of stuff. So everything is in jeopardy if one F is 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 failure. And I think that one of the things that you did in, in, in your journey is identify those things. And you're helping the reader identify them and, and at the end of the chapter, getting the reader to understand, like, you know. 
when you're journaling and you're talking about your journey, understand what that you this is more self-reflective. We we sometimes always look at things as everybody else is the problem. Um, and even even reading reading the first edition, you can't read this book or go through this book without putting the work in for yourself. This is not a book where you know I'm a reader, so I can read like a third person. Well, David ran in the woods and he did this. No, 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 no. No. <laughs> it's it's more of okay. Julia described these things. Now I'm going to go through it like a workbook. Now I have to put the work in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's so it's essential that that a person understands that those five pillars, those seven pillars that you described, are the are are the pillars of your foundation. They're the pillars of your foundation. They're the things that they're the things that you know we're we're responsible to. Or and and as I always say, those are the things that I've identified. Everybody could have different things, the same things, whatever, but those are the things I identified. But even for yourself, like call a thing a thing, realize, take time to understand, man, I was just telling my friend that I'm going to read this book like I'm in college again. But <laughs> Enjoy you know, it. You know, you know, speaking to that Tila show like that, that's one of the things that we, we have to do. I mean, I just had a, I just did a show prior to this with, um, Dr. Kalisha Morgan, and she's a doctor of education. And conversating with her and looking in the chat and then realizing that a lot of times we believe in things with theory. We do a lot of theoretical information and not knowledge, knowledge, uh, applicable information. Um like a lot of times we can have values where well, I believe this is true. Well, have you put it into practice? Mm-hmm. Because if you tried to put certain things into practice, your whole theory or what you believe may be shattered. Might be changed, might be altered. And this is where it goes into the disciplinary action. Um, when we talk about being successful, and if you ever listen to people that are successful in the area of financial music, arts, whatever, the first thing they say is, I had to be extremely disciplined. I had to be extremely, and, and you wonder like discipline with what? You got everything. You got all this money. No, they, you, you might've had been disciplined with your wants over your needs. So I think that when, when Tila Shell, you're exactly right. We, we're going over that book and, and really understanding like, you know, um, taking notes. Julia, uh, me and Julia had connected last night, and I was like, I'm taking notes. And I was literally like taking notes. I got, I always keep a pen with me, and I'm writing, looking at the computer. I got my Chromebook open, <laughs> looking in the book. The book and the computer say the same thing. So I'm like, why am I looking at this when I got, but I'm taking notes, writing it on, you know, I keep index cards with me at all times. <laughs> so, but that's the that's the that's the point that's the point of this particular chapter. Hey, thanks, thanks, Tom. Appreciate it. Hey, Tom. That's the point of the um. That's the point of this chapter. So, like in in the first chapter, we established that we are our own gift, and this chapter is really about hey, there. Freedom requires work. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Um, in this chapter, what we're focusing on is understanding how to honor ourselves as a gift. And in honoring ourselves as a gift, looking at all of the things that have been gifted to us, right? And then how we manage those and balance those so that we don't lose ourselves in the process of trying to, to be, pay attention to all of these things. And then also... The book asks you. You'll like this. You'll like that statement. I'm incorporating this in Crown Rules 2 as my personal development curriculum. I got the sticky notes and tags ready. Tila Show. I think you guys, I think you guys don't realize like um uh Julia when when we discuss um Crown Rules 2 and Crown Rules, 
I I think that Julia is used to people saying nice things um, in reference to the book, but she's still in awe of what we all say about the book. And she okay. and and I always tell her like, yo, you have no idea what um. And I always say Crown Rules too, but you have no idea what these two books mean. Like, um, you did your thing, Julia, and and a lot, you may not realize it right now. I prayed for it. I but the, but it. these two books are really, 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 <laughs> really like out the park. Out the park. Like Thank like you. you know, we can't compare your little boy. Is Crown Rules too? Your little right. girl is Crown Rules. Um, One woman's journey to the throne. FY, I'm, FYI for everybody to check Crown Rules three soon. <laughs> Coming soon. <laughs> um, but I, I I really appreciate um, your comment, Tila Shao. Like I really I really aim to do things with meaning. I try to do things with love. And I try to try to make a positive impact with whatever I do. And I really prayed on this. I think that, you know, one of the things that we're as a collective, I think, are not taught is how to make choices. It feels like we're always attending to whatever's hot. And sometimes in attending to whatever's hot doesn't leave us room to attend to the things that are important to us, that matter to us. And, you know, I really want everybody to actually live their best life. So when I see comments like Tila Shao, it just it makes me feel like a prayer has been answered. I'm grateful. Thank you. So, so we so we go on our last F in our foundation. And uh, basically, you'll be wrapping up the show with this last F. Talk about our future. Our future. So our future is that point in time that hasn't yet arrived, but that we're always focusing on. Mm. I think as human beings, we're either we're either. Crown Rules is the movie. Crown Rules is the movie. Yes, ma'am. That would be interesting. I know. <laughs> I think as as um as people, we're always in a state of doing what we have to do for today, but also thinking about our past and also thinking about our future. And the reason why the future is in there is because what I realized for myself is that I couldn't be motivated about my future if I was hung up on what I thought was failures in my past. Let me let me ask you, do you think that a lot of us, and, and I ask you this because you basically have put the work in on yourself. You basically put the work in in doing Crown Rules 2, even though Crown Rules 2 is more focused on the men. And um, just, just your experience and um, your, your experience academically and your experience just being on this earth, do you think that a lot of us hold ourselves hostage from our past? Absolutely. And you got to let it go. And I think one of the things that I learned is that holding on to your past and your perception of it, especially those areas where you might not be proud of, holding on to that, holds you hostage and prevents you from actively pursuing what you want in your future. The If you have a bad perspective of your past and you allow it to hold you hostage, it decreases your confidence because all you're seeing yourself as is your mistakes. Not also looking at all of the wonderful things that you've done and all of the amazing things that you've done and all of the incredible things that you've done against all odds. So it's like, let that go because it influences how you feel about what you can accomplish in your future. If you feel bad about yourself, how are you going to pursue what you want for yourself? Yes, Tila Shell, you're correct. Let's be totally honest about it. If we are avidly working on our personal growth, our professional and re relational success 
will flourish. Point blank, no more excuses for what we would say failure or disappointment. Um, Julia. Yes. There is nothing else I could say about this show um, for today. Do you yes. have any? Do you have any final thoughts? Um. Focus on your your seven foundational areas for freedom. As Carla, my mom said, freedom does take work. Call a thing a thing. See what aspects of your life you're giving your attention to. Decide what has higher priority over the other. Try to arrive at balance and enjoy your beautiful life. <laughs> So often, we are referred to as queen. But have you ever stopped to admire the beauty of your crown? Thank you.